Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! I'm sad. We're recording this early, and you are currently you have are bopping around blacked out in Ireland right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. In a little pub somewhere. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, hope you guys are enjoying your little turkeys, your little stuffing, your, your cranberry sauce. Yes. Uh, I think. I'm going to I'm going to say it now. What is your favorite? Yeah, stuffing, absolutely. A 100%. If you don't like stuffing, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You need to check yourself in Take somewhere. Take yourself to the doctor. I don't know where, <laughs> but somewhere. You need some help. Um yeah, okay. So this is part two of Henry's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed part one. Also, and if, if you didn't cough, <laughs> If you guys are just being those little weenies who skip episodes, don't even start this one. Go back. Listen to the first one. Yeah. You need the context. Okay. I know we're talking about Henry's career in this one. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But (laughs) you really got to hear his backstory. It's important. Yes. Yep. Um, Yeah. This one, we dive more into his actual photography business. Right. Is there anything else we cover in this one? Is that it? I don't know. Um, (laughs) No, it's actually, it really is just diving into his business, we actually talk quite a bit about social media, mm. struggles with sho- sh- social struggles media with social and media. how you show up on social media. <laughs> and let's see, what else did we cover after that? Uh, and we actually just talked quite a bit about when Henry decided to expand his business, what it means having an employee and where he's mm. currently at and where he sees himself going. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Listen with the whole fam around the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> the last weird. third of the episode has a little minor mm, sound, and it's a truck that just decided to drill outside of Henry's window. And we were like, the pot, the the mics aren't going to pick it up. They picked it up. Well, and they then we stopped. It right so up. if once you hear it, just have faith that it does go away. But I always like to give warnings to that, so you're yeah. not sitting there hating us. But don't be a little bitch. <laughs> Get past that. Get over it. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Henry 2, part 2. Woohoo! Henry 2, part 2. Love you. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Boy. This is Workwives Unscripted. We're your hosts, Jill and Katie, and we know absolutely everything there is to know about business. We invented business, and we're stupid rich. We heard you, and we get it. We finally made the podcast. So get your notepad out, sweetie. We're about to change your life. Obviously, we're kidding. Well, of course we want to dominate. Business doesn't always have to be taken so seriously. This is the podcast you can turn on when you want encouragement, relatability, and a splash of humor. We're the work wives you never knew you needed. Elopements. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All back to that. How do you think being an introvert, especially as you started growing in this career, it is just on the topic of introversion versus extroversion and like really channeling some part of yourself. I feel like you have such an amazing relationship with your clients and they trust you so much. Like, do you find that one-on-one and working in those more intimate environments, it's, it's easier for you to be an extroverted version of yourself or are Mm. you still channeling like some sort of alter ego does it take you some time to warm up day of because having that responsibility and not even working with other vendors all that much during Mm -hmm. the day does that get exhausting it (laughs) does it does because when you think about so for people who are not 
familiar what with what elopement is like now. Um, so elopement, a lot of you would think like it's just the couple, and they don't let anyone know. Like it's a secret. But I think now elopement could mean so many things. It could mean just the couple. It could also mean the couple and like maybe three other friends go somewhere nice and beautiful, or it could be like fifteen family members all come together outside in nature, at a more like focusing on the experience of that than just like show up and go home. So there's more activities involved. There's more things that people do together, and so. One common thing doesn't matter if it's like a two-person elopement or it's like a twenty-person elopement. One common thing I notice is these couples really value photography in a way that they much rather hire the photographer and videographer first, and then everything else is more like if we have extra money, maybe we can get a planner. If not, we plan everything ourselves. So then, with that being said, you become the only resource for so many of these couples. Like your The photographer, but sometimes you're also the planner, uh, or it could be one nice day and they send an email. Hey, we really need help with finding a florist within like this distance of where we're getting married, and so because you're the only person that can help them, it feels like the responsibility is on you. And so when something goes wrong, it feels even heavier that because you're the only resource for the couple, right? Like. So many couple also maybe pick an elopement date because that's the only date I'm available. Like if I'm already in Alaska the first week of September and someone comes in and say we we want to get married in Alaska we don't know when and when I share with them hey I'm on, only available these dates left they pick that that date and what if something wrong happened on that day I I feel that all the time. Speaking of introvertness and extrovertness though, what I'm trying to get at is. I feel like when you're you enjoy doing something and when you're actually doing it, and even though it's your job and you're just having fun with it, I don't feel the pressure of me trying to talk to people or trying to direct and guide. So, whenever I work with couples and they are also super introverted, because a lot of time eloping couple don't want to be in the center of attention, don't want the spotlight. They want to elope somewhere private, which is not a lot of things happening around them. And so, with me communicating with couples, it doesn't feel like I'm so uncomfortable and not being myself. It feels honestly so genuine, just just direct and say, "Hey, you guys look amazing. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. I'm just gonna run around you." Like it's, it doesn't feel weird. One thing I do feel weird about is social media. I I have a hard time with social media. If people watch my Insta stories, I don't talk on Insta stories. Like I, if I want to say something, I often maybe do a boomerang up a corner of my face, mm-hmm. not even like a full face sometimes, yeah. yeah. and then I would type out the message I want to share. Uh, I'm good with my Instagram caption post because I, a part of me is very. Into using words to express how I feel yeah. as well, because before all of this, Henry's diary was is my Instagram handle. It's called diary for yeah. for the is in the name too. It's because I use that as a way to just express myself through words and photos, and so it feels so organic that I post photos of someone else. It's not my face in the photos, and I can use my words to 
express myself that way. But I can't, I, it's, it's still really hard for me to set up a tripod and a camera and at my face and trying to make content like the kind of TikTok videos or the reels that people sit there and really educating and explaining. And I think there's so much benefit in it, but it is so hard for me to do that. Every time I set it up, I feel like the pressure is so much stronger and words just don't come out. And so in a way, I'm... I notice what I'm okay with and I would use that for my Insta stories, for my Instagram posts, for my reels and showing my face and talking is really hard. Mm -hmm. And so I try not to do that yeah. as much. I think that's totally fair though. I mean, I feel the same way. Like mm -hmm. I, every time I have to talk, I'm like, it's so hard to even post. Cause you're like, Ugh. I don't know. I don't know why it feels so scary, but that's why yeah. I was telling you a little bit earlier, but it's so fun doing a podcast where you can have long form conversation because mm -hmm it's harder to get a message across in like 15, 30 seconds mm -hmm. without like, at least in the podcast, you can like almost. genuinely share and it helps also listening to podcasts helps me understand someone's perspective and con like context so much more. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree. I don't really talk much on my Instagram either for that exact you reason. You are so right because mm -hmm. I listen to this podcast. I listen to you guys mm -hmm. and I'm driving to elopement like up in the mountain, like two hours drive per elopement ish and i just go from one episode to another and i have so much fun learning and listening to you guys like the way that you talk i can feel that you are so comfortable with mm. each other mm -hmm. like yeah you, just, you guys just talk like actually friends sitting there having a conversation and i learn so much about both of you versus what like you say like yeah on your insta stories like i don't see uh, it's probably harder for you to do that so that's why like you just focus the content on that side uh, mostly about business like mm -hmm. about the client versus yeah. about mm -hmm. you yeah exactly. I think it's so I love just studying people in them leaning into a social presence that is genuine to them mm -hmm. because I mm -hmm. think that's what makes people in certain accounts like so attractive and like someone that you want to follow where it's like I think especially looking at someone like you where you and I have had these conversations a lot where you're like, I just cannot come up with a caption for the life of me or I feel like there's a disconnect in my thought process and then how I want to articulate my words mm -hmm. where it's like an instance like this where you have started to feel so confident in your form of self-expression and feeling seen mm -hmm. is so valuable Yeah, mm -hmm. where I think that I don't think that should ever be something that someone is self-conscious about or forcing yeah. them outside of a comfort zone that they're not because as someone like you and just the captions that you write and how you connect with your audience I feel like I can relate to that so much mm -hmm. of how you're just speaking of talking about your clients and sometimes even though it's like just photos of them you can translate your thoughts through your mm -hmm. heart through that experience mm -hmm. and I think that is itself what has aided to your career blowing up as quickly as it did is because you just realized what worked for you and what felt like the most honest form of expression. And then um, you just honed in on that yeah. where it's like, I think just especially with social media, it can continuously be exhausting because we're looking at such short attention spans and it's like, do I need to do this to keep up? Do I need to do this to keep advancing in my career or growing my audience or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I just, I think it's so exhausting and I just choose to ignore it because yeah. I think it's like, 
I see you as such an individualist. And I feel like if you were showing up and just doing short form content that was matching everything that we're seeing, Mm -hmm. it's like as a longtime follower, it's like you can realize when someone is doing something that's in alignment with them versus forcing it. Right. You know, and I think that's where we all just get caught in the echo chamber of everything where you see what has brought someone else's business success and they just replicate that yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and then they're wondering like why am i not why am i not attracting the right people why do i still feel like this and this and this is missing and it's like because you're you're not being authentic to what is good for you in your own expression well i feel like that's true for even just your photography and your art like i remember you telling us on whatever shoot it was like shoot 18 but you were saying, like, <laughs> just like I could remember <laughs> the timestamp. <laughs> yeah, after eight hours of filming. But I remember you saying, like, you just started posting without caring what the reaction was or, like, how many likes you were getting or whatever because you were just like, I like this and I'm posting it for me because mm-hmm. I like my art. And I feel like that really worked because it was so authentic to you versus, like, it's not like you were, like, what's the latest trend or what is everyone wanting to see right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you feel like you still carry that? I, I, I do when I post photos, but I have to be honest with you guys this year specifically, I did struggle. I did let social media in like affect my mood, my thought and my happiness overall for a short period of time. When Instagram started to change the algorithm on reels and whatnot a part of me felt like if i don't do this am i going to find like our clients going to be able to find my work to even like share my work with new clients because in a way you know i i love my art but at the same time there's a sign of marketing and business that you still have to do to get people be aware of who you are as an artist too and for a period of time, I was so worried. I was so worried about how, oh, now I need to do reels. Oh, now I need to do maybe TikTok. And it was so hard for me to find that balance between showing my face and talk on camera versus just like showing my work. And so I I let that get to me for a peri- period of time. And I felt every day I just sort of like get st- stuck into that thought and I just could not move on. And when I could not move on, I stopped posting. I stopped even posting my own photos, the thing that I'm super proud of, you know. And so currently for my mental health about running a business, about sharing my photos, I still carry what you share, which is what I shared before. It's just like at this point, if a photo makes sense and that's something that I have created that the couple love and I really love it and it represents everything about me as a person and as as an artist, I will share it. I don't care if that photo has likes or reshare or comments. I would just share it because it should deserve the lights. But the other side of thing, which is like making video contents for my photography work, which is so like when you talk, when you think about I'm a photographer, I'm not a videographer. It is so much harder. And I, I still don't have the formula. I still don't have the answer. I'm just testing the water here and there. Uh, but I have found that I don't let it bother me as much as I did earlier this year. Um, if I make a video and you know if i get some sort of genuine reaction from people i think that's enough (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. for sure no that's Mm -hmm. honestly good to hear coming from someone like you because i feel like it's like 
it, it just reminds me that like everyone kind of feels like that about social media in one mm-hmm. way or another. They're like it, I feel like sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, everyone is doing so much out mm-hmm. there and like everyone's making all this content, coming up with all this new stuff and you just like feel all this pressure. And I feel like it's just good to hear that. Like I obviously don't want anyone to like have those like struggling feelings of being like, am I going to, are people going to find me? Do I need to do what Instagram wants me to do? But it's good to hear that it's not like, I don't know, even people that we look up to, it's not like they're like, yeah, we figured it out, you know? Exactly. (laughs) But it is, it's, it sucks to think that like algorithms can take away, you know, like that they have that much control. You know what I mean? I hate it. I think like with a growing business, especially it's, I, I really feel for, people who are feeling that spark of passion where you were in in 2017 where it's Mm -hmm. like I am turning my hobby into a career and of course like we all built our businesses from YouTube like Mm -hmm. all of the resources that we had you can just google something and figure it out and I I will say I have such a heart for people who are getting off the ground now Mm -hmm. because I think as you keep going and keep going there's like so many more hurdles you almost have to jump through right where it's like I just have to work for my content to even be seen in the first place mm-hmm. so that I can be seen as someone who is authentic and true and building a brand. So it's like, it is just, it's kind of just this sad, never ending cycle. <laughs> but I think at some point there's like this little spark that gets you outside of that. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. Well, one, if I ha- can share one thing that would give someone like hope about Please, social yeah. media too, is that if you've noticed I TikTok and Reels now are the kind of content that people love now is less of like copy exactly what the other person do because it gets boring. Like we've seen it on, in all in 2020 when one dance move become popular and everybody started doing that dance move. But right now, the, the more I scroll, the more I see that, oh, okay, this person now really give me value about who they are as a person, as an artist, about the location that they go photograph, about tips and tricks that they do. It's fun to see that people don't have to use the same sound to make sure that their content gets seen or use the same templates just to do anything. Right now, uh, seeing that allow me to see individuality in each person and the the kind of content that they create. And it I think that's the reason why I share with you. I don't let things bother me as much anymore because I, I see that those people doesn't matter how many followers or how many views they get. But when I see their content, it gives me hope that, oh, maybe I can make the kind of content that I think is good enough for me. And then if it's good enough for me and I feel congruent with who I am as a person and it doesn't take away the authenticity of that, then I can make that kind of content and yeah. just empower me that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's really good. I know. I feel like we could talk about social media like so much because it All is, it is just like so hard and it's always changing and it's scary to think like, what if Instagram just like, was gone in a day like would we all be like my business you know <laughs> right <laughs> i feel like i just mm-hmm. never post because i like am scared of getting caught in like the spiral of it but yeah i think it can be a really good tool at the same time and mm-hmm. like i'm sure that's how so many people have found both of you which is you know it mm-hmm. can be a really good thing but okay tell us about like your transition from when you started doing elopements to like 
getting big and getting more attention like what was that like and traveling and all that kind of stuff like was it crazy did you feel like in alignment with everything yeah mm-hmm. um also thank you for thinking that i'm like big <laughs> oh my gosh yes <laughs> still uh, fangirl it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't ever feel like this i have arrived like this is the moment this was the turning point when um in the beginning, which is so stupid to say out loud right now, my goal was I only wanted 10,000 followers so that I could do the Insta story that had a little... Because back then on Instagram, you have to have 10,000 followers mm-hmm. in order to add a link on yeah. your Insta well, story. It was like the actual swipe up. The swipe, swipe, yeah. swipe up yeah. to go to a website. And I wanted that so badly. <laughs> I was like, that's, good the, resource. That, that's <laughs> the only way people can go to my website. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way people can read more blog posts. Because then in a blog post on my website, then they get to see more photos. Because on Instagram, I can only share up to 10 per post, which is like so hard already. Because there's moments that not, you know, I don't, it's a wedding day is more than just the epic and in front of this landscape there's like the tender the soft moment the in between the detail like those photos should see the light too and i wanted ten thousand just so people can go to my website the minute i got ten thousand i stopped looking at numbers at follower like i don't like i i try to purposely not looking at it so that it doesn't bother me if i don't get a certain likes or whatever um so in the beginning it was a lot of hustling i think hustle culture was real during the very earlier stage in my career uh looking back i needed it uh, in a way would i recommend that to someone no like i don't think anyone should hustle forever i think everybody comes from like a different place in life and some people needed to hustle to come up with maybe the fund in order to buy gears and everything so in the beginning, what I did was um, I would work my 12-hour shift. And then during my lunch break, which is 30 minutes for lunch, I have my OCD thing set up. I have my hospital dirty. You, don't tr- you can't trust anything, right? So I have three paper towel, one right in the middle for my Tupperware, whatever I'm eating, one on my left side because I'm left-handed, one on my left side for my drink like a, like what like la croix was really in uh-huh. so everybody was drinking la croix so i was doing my la croix on the left side uh-huh. my phone on the right hand side on a piece of paper towel so that it doesn't touch the dirty table mm-hmm. and as i'm eating i'm scrolling and commenting Whoa. and i'm trying to do all of that within 30 minutes of work at the hospital so by the time i get back to work i have to put my phone away oh my god and so then i would do that uh every night that i work then when I first get home in the morning, that's when I would schedule phone calls with clients. So I worked 7 p.m. until 7.30 a.m. By the time I get home, it could be 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. So my phone calls would happen between 9 to 10.30. If I don't have phone calls, that's when I edit photos. And then I would go to bed at 11 a.m. So if you switch it for normal people, just think you go to bed at 11 p.m. And then wake up at about 4.30 just so I can get dressed, get ready again to start driving back to go to work at the hospital. Um, And so the three shifts a week, uh, then photographing maybe a day out of that week, and then the rest of the time would be editing, answering email, phone calls, and all the other thing. So my first year felt like I did have uh, not two full-time jobs yet, but more like a full-time job and like a really like, crazy part-time job 
the second year of photography felt truly like a two full-time job because I was now photographing maybe about 20 weddings and 15 engagement sessions a year or so. Um, what happened was I needed, I didn't have enough time now to actually do everything. So I used my PTO, I request vacation time and I would sit at home and edit photos. So right when I burned through all of my PTOs for that year, that's when I noticed this is not sustainable. This is not something I can do in the long run. So something got to give. So, um, cause I, I burned through all of my vacation time to work. And so I decided that it's maybe it's time that I need to take this seriously if I want to pursue photography, which is learning about tax and how much cost of doing business, looking at all of that stuff to, to determine how much should I charge people. And then if I'm doing so much of this and I don't have time at the hospital, am I able to really leave nursing part time? So instead of being a nurse full time, maybe I can work two shifts a week instead of three. Uh, so I started doing that. And then um, when things get really, really busy, I decided to go per diem, which is uh, you work whenever you can. Uh, there's no commitment, but that also means you lose health insurance, 401k. And me being a nurse, I really need, like I see how important health insurance is. That was the biggest factor. That was the reason why I held on to nursing for so long because I needed my husband and I to have health insurance. Um, the last straw for me was basically doing math again just to see if I fully quit nursing and not have health insurance, how much money do I need to make every month in order to become a full-time wedding photographer and also afford the cost of living that is today. And so in 2000, late 2018, so I started everything in 2017. I photographed my very first elopement uh, in early 2018. Uh, the elopement that the couple hired me actually hired me after the wedding couple that I shared with you earlier. They, they, they got married way later. So in a way, which is funny because my first wedding ever was actually an elopement. Oh. Unlike other photographers would start bigger and uh -huh. then transition back. I started with an elopement before I photographed bigger weddings. And then that's when I'm like, oh, crap. Now I like this now. <laughs> yeah. I can go back. Uh, so that was early 2018 when things got like I started photographing. Late 2018 when things got busy for me. So then I had that thought that in 2019 at some point I would need to transition uh, fully if I want to pursue photography. Uh, 2019, I learned that I got accepted to uh, a graduate school here in Washington. That was something that I was really excited about because early on in my nursing career, I knew that I, want, I wanted to do more than just bedside nursing. Uh, the day I learned that news, it was also the day that I was like, crap, do I want to go back to school? Because if I do, I would have to say no to all the photography stuff that I got booked call each of these couple and say, I am so sorry, here's your money back. You need to find a new photographer. And so uh, because it was so competitive to get in, they only give me from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. the same day. Uh, 10 a.m. they call me and they say, you need to let us know if you're going to go back to school, uh, accept this offer or not. 
and you have until 5 p.m. And I just got home from a night shift and I needed to go back to work that same night and I could not sleep. The whole time I was just like, do I go back? Do I not go back? If I go back, that means no more photography and who knows when. If I don't go back and continue photography, am I going to regret this decision that not, you know, choosing stability, choosing a career that, you know, that you know you always have an income versus pursuing your own business that you don't know when someone's going to book you. There's no stability in it. And uh, that day, uh, after a long time, just sitting there thinking back and forth and calling my husband and told him the news. And of course, he was being supportive. So he's like, you do you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's the best answer. He could not exactly like that, but he was more like, you know, like, is, you know, like, it's okay, whatever decision that you choose, like, I'll be there to support you. But in a way, like, it was all on me. So I, I turned down that admission offer which was really huge and and I decided that if I turn this down I need to make sure this business I'm doing is legit and that like I'm doing 100% with my full ass and I'm not <laughs> <laughs> full ass, full ass. <laughs> um, like I'm gonna full ass this shit <laughs> and so the minute I turn that down there's this surge of energy within me just like freedom it's almost like now that I don't do this I I'm gonna go in and learn SEO. I'm gonna learn how to design my website. Invest my I learned uh, I book a mentorship with another photographer that I looked up to. I learn into wedding guide and pricing and everything that I could do. And so by mid 2019, I quit nursing completely. Uh, that I still remember I, the day I told my manager that I'm gonna quit was also the day Sony reached out to me and wanted me to become the ambassador. Wow. I was like, is this a sign? Like, is this, you know, could not be more clear of a sign. When you think about a sign, I'm like, crap, like, okay. Yeah. Now, Sony, like something that I've been looking up to, this is not a plug, by the way, if people are listening. (laughs) Um, But it can be, Sony, if you want to sponsor us, we won't be mad. (laughs) (laughs) Need new gears. (laughs) I need a new Sony. ASMR. Yeah, and so I was like, that's it. Like, I'm going to do this and pursue this and do all of this. And so um, that was the moment that I knew that this is the only way. And if this is the only way, I'm going to do it right. Oh, that hypes me up. (laughs) I love it because I feel like it just shows that, like, when you do make that decision, you just make it work. You know what I mean? It's I feel like. The scariest part is the leap, but then once you do it, you ju- you just do make it work. You chose the decision that was more in alignment with you, and it's so cool to see just the reward of that, you know? Yeah. And y- you know what's crazy? That I, I did not see that year, but l- like a couple years later, I learned that we all look at, you know, growing up, study hard, get your degree, work for a company that is so secure and stable, but it's in a way, it's a false sense of security because we all think that we can get a job and then work for someone, but then you can get laid off at any moment. Yeah. Evidenced by the fact that earlier this year, tons of tech worker got laid off by Facebook, Twitter, yeah. all of the things that they might consider super secure and stable. Yeah. And so, you know, in a way, working for yourself or working for someone else there's risk in both 
I, there's no way to say that this is more secure than the other. But my younger self did not understand that. My younger self just thought it's much easier to work for someone than to work for yourself. But now that I see the freedom and the benefit of like you're working yourself for yourself, I'm like, it's hard for me if I ever need like want to go back. I it would be so hard totally to, to work like Ugh. a W2 employee. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I just feel like when I'm like 80, I just, I say this all the time, but like, I want to look back and be like, I just trusted my inkling and this like inner feeling that I had to go for it. And that was terrifying and so scary, but I would, I would like to die knowing that I just trusted my intuition and went for it and wasn't just too scared and went with the decision that felt safer and just knowing that I, I do think like you will be rewarded when you make that decision, like, because you're, there's a reason you have that desire. I think we're all like given special skills and talents for a reason. And it's like almost a, like a responsibility to give that to the world, mm. you know, versus just like doing what feels safer, you know, well, and thinking about your intuition too. It's like the more you bet on it and the more you trust it, it then is just a gift that keeps giving because you're building that self trust with yourself Mm -hmm. Where it's like, the more that I bet on myself, the more that I say yes, you start to trust your intuition that much more, mm -hmm. where life can just continue to serve you in the direction that you want to head anyway. Like, I think the saddest thing is when fear dictates everything or security dictates everything, where we're sitting there five years down the road and it's like, why did I not just try? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't I try? And I think sometimes trusting your intuition can be the scariest thing ever because you don't know what lies on the other side. Yeah. But as, as long as you're just trusting yourself and that gut instinct, it's like when you have the drive, you will do everything to make it happen. Right. And your story is so representative of that. Thank you. And you know, I just to echo on what you shared too. I think what I do is I did not have an end, which is weird to say, and I don't know if this is the right way to even inspire anyone, but when I first started this career, I didn't have an end goal. Yeah. I didn't have a, if I reach this thing, that means that's it. Like, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm worthy. I am I'm good. I sort of just felt like I had so much fun. Like, the amount of fun. Like, that, like that thing when people describe passion and word. The definition of passion for me is like I never know how to say it to someone, but I describe it as feeling is when I get home from a long ass day, I was exhausted. It was raining. I hike with my gears. My shoulders hurt. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's a sick ass photos on my yeah. memory card right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to flip when I see it edited and everybody else is like the couple will flip. Everybody else will be like, fuck, like that's crazy. And that's what drives me. Like, I just want to keep having that feeling. It's almost like a high. Like, I keep wanting to have that that high with me, which, you know, every single elopement that I go home, I'm like, I just want to see the photo. I want to see the photos. And so that was my goal. I didn't have an end goal of having that many, uh, like, make this certain amount of dollars this year. The next year, I need to make a certain amount of dollars or Maybe my goal is to travel to this country and photograph a wedding. That, and that, like, I did not have that goal. Everything else that happened in my life has been like a byproduct of just me trying to have fun. And I think when I quit nursing and choose this, I chose fun. 
which is so weird to say because a lot of people think owning a business and fun are two separate entity, but they should overlap because if you don't have that fun that you're looking for or exists in your business, then you started to feel like now you're just doing your job, like like trying to get the job done, trying to check a box so that it's done and that you don't have to worry about it versus you're really doing it because you enjoy doing it, which is the reason why I quit my job in the first place. So I totally agree. I feel like that's also, you were talking about like how you were hustling a lot in the beginning, but it, it's almost like I think passion is the only thing that keeps you hustling in a way that's like not toxic, just like I, I even think of when I started my business, I also had a corporate job and then would drive to this production company and edit for them after my nine to five. And no part of me was like, I got to hustle. It was just like, I like this. I'm having yeah. fun and I just want to keep doing it. And I don't know what's going to happen with it. Like I didn't have a plan really. I was just like, yeah. And then I'll like edit a wedding on or go film a wedding on the weekend or like film my friend's weddings, blah, blah, blah. But that's what I think when you are really excited and passionate about it, you just naturally spend time doing it. And like, that's what it takes to make a successful business. And then I think you go through transitions like Katie and I talk about a lot where that hustle of excitement kept us going for like years. And then you kind of hit a point where you're like, okay, now I need to find that again. Cause this is starting mm -hmm. to feel like a job, like you were right. saying. And how do you keep that sense of excitement going when you're, you know, like, is there ever anything you have to change up or things you have to do differently so that you don't like burn out? Yes, we all go through seasons. <laughs> there was there was a period of time when I exactly like what you share. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm done. Like, yeah. Yeah. this just feel like another job to yeah. me. And and I think I am lucky enough to at this point where I built a brand, a business where I get traffic from Google search, uh, Instagram, Pinterest. I get multiple sources of like leads that I can pick and choose who I want to work with. I was a yes man for the longest time. I say yes to any wedding, any opportunities. It doesn't matter when, where, how. If they inquire, I will book. And I started realizing you cannot be a yes person to everybody. I, I'm, my business is open for everybody to come in, but that doesn't mean that I'm a good click for every single person who come into my business. And I had to really be honest with myself about the fact that am I, it's, it's a balance between, yeah, I need to make money, but at the same time, if I go shoot a wedding that I'm not excited about, Am I really going to do a good job? Is, am I really serving this couple? Are they really get, getting, do they, they don't deserve someone who's not excited for their wedding. It's their one day that is so important that you look back on every single year on your anniversary. You look at your wedding photos. The, the kind of stories where, you know, you go through rough time together and you're like, hey, but remember we did this thing together. It's so important they don't deserve someone who's not excited and i don't and i shouldn't be that person who say yes to things just because i want to make money and i'm so lucky that i you know, like i shared that i build with the amount of leads that coming in i really genuinely trying to understand the couple before i book them my initial phone call consults i 
people know that it's a minimum of one hour because when they schedule a phone call, they, they see that it's between this time to that time. But it's never been less than an hour. It's always an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, just because on the phone call, I really want to understand where they're coming from, what they're really looking for, and then I share all of my value with them from the get-go, from the very beginning. Um, is it the best practice to get your clients? I don't think so. Because if you learn any marketing book, any sales book, they say less friction, better. Your questionnaire in contact form should be like four things so that they can fill it out real quick to get to you real quick. Uh, the less steps that they have to worry about, the easier for you to close a sale and make that money. But for me, I cannot because then if I only have four questions and everybody come in with the generic of when are you getting married, how many guests, where is this, then I don't really know this couple. And my whole business is about getting to know the couple for who they are. Just like when I was a nurse, taking care of my patients and ho kn knowing them for who they are, what kind of barriers that they have to face in life. Same thing with wedding. What kind of barriers do you have? What are something that you really want to get out of this experience and remember? So I basically don't follow some of the business stuff that I learned throughout my life, which is my questionnaire is way too damn long. My phone call is also so long, but then from the amount of people who really get on the phone call with me, eventually the people who appreciate the time, the, the kind of question I ask, and they spend their time to fill out all of that, to answer my question, now to get on a two hour phone call to get so that we can get to know each other, then I feel like I can connect with those clients before we even meet in person. And that, that really helped me just pick and choose and and have fun with the clients that pick me and, and I get to work with them. I can't remember where I heard this, but it's it that situation reminds me where I've heard like some of the most successful people are people who never knew the rules in the first place or the ones that learn the rules and break them. Mm. And I feel like with that, it's like you are creating more friction to then funnel your couples. So then you feel that much more personally connected with them that it, it eliminates that barrier of just being like, oh, I am showing up for work today or oh, I am tired. It's like, no, I have this elopement today and I'm so excited because I know their story of why they're here in the first place. Yes. Like we've, we've done so much work to get here that your investment in them is yeah. already so much higher mm -hmm. than just like a surface level inquiry and a date and a name on your calendar. You yeah. know, like it, it gives you that much more heart in it. But on the other side, I'd have to imagine there's like, I mean, going through it personally, there's also a lot of emotional responsibility that yes. comes with that, that maintaining your creative health and even just personal health and mental health through it all. Like, it's such a beautiful field of work to be into, but it's it's also draining. And I think there's hard ways or obviously going through transitions of making it sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I think your ability to scale your business, bring on Sergio. Like I think wh where are you at currently and almost where do you, where do you see yourself headed? Like, are you carrying that same inspiration when you started of not really setting goals or not knowing where you're headed and just navigating as you go? Or 
how are you feeling now in business and where do you intend to go? Uh, so right now I have Sergio works with me. He's a photographer. Uh, so he would take on about anywhere between 25 to 40 elopements a year, depending on how busy he wants to get. Um, I'm not going to lie, ever since Sergio joined the team, I do feel more responsibility. Like, I feel like before, if I don't make a certain amount of money, it's just me and my husband. Like, we can scale down on what we want to spend money on, and if we don't make money, then that's fine for that month because we still have our saving. But with an employee, I feel the responsibility that I need to make sure that he gets paid, that he's, like that him and his family and his kid too so i i there's that piece that i feel much stronger than before he joined me so my goal honestly is to get enough booking in a way that at the minimum i know he's getting paid for his full-time employee rate with me uh, and the commission that he would make from booking weddings and elopements uh, personally i still I, I do know a lot of photographers out there once they get a taste for education that they mostly switch to educate other photographers because when you think about it, it is much better on your body, on your health overall. You don't drag your gears, hike up the mountain, photograph like 30 weddings or so a year. You sit at home, comfort sit at home comfortable, make content film educate other photographers is a much easier career um i do find joy in sharing my experience and it's so so awesome to see another photographer like thrive and just like fuck they now can build their own business and do all of this it's like the best feeling ever but at the same time is doesn't mean that that feeling is better than actually going photographing someone's day i think after all i think you guys share this part about me, which I feel like is very true, which is the art itself is where all of this gets started. The reason why I quit nursing, started everything is because I find joy in actually be on site, out there, take photos, spend that time with the clients and talking with them and getting to know them. And so I, I don't think that will go away at all. And, and I, I don't think the education world will overshadow that. Like right now, I'm trying my best to balance the two. But at the same time, I feel like I'm doing more photographing than educating, which is totally okay. Um, my goal is that. Like I just want to have fun and continue to have fun and not just find photos become something that, fuck, I have to wake up today and drive to this elopement. I don't ever want that feeling to happen again because it did happen at one point through the, the low season of my life and this whole year of 2023 2023 <laughs> uh has been really amazing of just being with couple in different places mm -hmm. and 2024 is already looking crazy mm. i'm going to patagonia oh. for the first time wow. new zealand oh uh, I get to go back to Switzerland, Dolomites. So fun. And also, first time ever, Fiji. Um, Ooh. Some of the places that uh, when I talk about traveling, of course, it's never as glamorous as what social media makes it out to be. But one thing my husband and I do is whenever we go somewhere, we would spend money out of our own pocket so that we can have a trip out of it. And I think that's our only way of actually like find balance in 
working a destination wedding and actually living instead of just show up and go home. 100%. Which happened for the first couple years of my mm -hmm. career. It's just like, okay, bye. Yeah, yeah. That's very smart to do it that way. Is there outside of the Art of Adventure Weddings and Elopements course, are you doing any other like mentorships or one-on-ones that people should know about yeah so i do uh mentorships with uh any photographers that want to do uh either online or in person usually if people like the in-person mentorship i do it here in seattle around uh november to march because that's the time that i stay uh at home and i don't travel anywhere Uh, photographers often fly in and we spend the whole day together and go through uh, the education portion, which is when we sit together uh, at an Airbnb or at my office. And then we spend the last hour of the day right before sunset, go out and photograph a couple. Uh, the content of what the, we talk about is usually very uh Depending on what the photographer is looking for, some might need more help on the business side. Some might just more on the artsy, artistic, how to take photos kind of uh, side. And so um, every single mentorship is different. In terms of online education, like a course course, um, I don't officially have one, but honestly, I have been so inspired by the both of you about podcasts and about things that you're doing from just from your passion. I have written down some thoughts of either I'm going to do more educational content on my Instagram or it's going to be a YouTube thing. Um, I, I'm very excited about that. I just don't know when it's going to be officially out. But I told myself already that, you know, I, there's million of reasons why you're not doing something. We can wake up one day and say, today's busy. Maybe I'll push it to tomorrow. Maybe I'll push it again because I have a doctor appointment. Like if I talked to a friend who had a baby recently and I realized if you notice any mothers out there, they have the time for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have a yeah. baby that they care of and they have, mm -hmm. you know what? I still need to go to the store and buy this today and do that. Mm -hmm. That still needed to happen because you can't just push it to another day. Mm -hmm. And so if I keep that mindset, then I can get things done. Mm. Yes, yeah. I love that. Well, let us know what you come out with. If yes. it's a YouTube series or your own podcast or whatever uh, it might be. We're the biggest advocates of it. I feel like every yeah. single time we sit down with you, we learn more and more. And you are just like a bottomless pit of wisdom and I just, I love your heart and the way you speak to your experiences. And yeah. I just, I will always, always, always be a fan and want to push you and just having your voice heard by so many more people. Same. Aww. You're I, the perfect guest to have. Guys, the wives are going to love you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys so much. And I'm also super inspired by you both. Like. Aww. I watch the kind of things you guys do for your business and from like, this is your passion project. Like this is just something you want to do for fun. And I think everybody should do that. Like yeah. they should do something that doesn't mean that it's always about business and money because that's yeah. the part where life can get too serious and mm -hmm. too like you need to do this in order to, to, because money is not the measure of success yeah. in my mm -hmm. opinion. And yeah. a lot of businesses out there, When you, especially when you first start your own business too, is you feel like everything I do need to generate income. Yeah. It's all about my business. But I think business is all about honestly find that balance in life. Success should be about 
what bring you joy yeah. and if it's genuine joy that's really what you should aim for and should mm-hmm. continue to follow with your heart yeah 100 yeah that's what we always say about this podcast we're like if it never makes money we'll still do it because we'll it's just be so fun proud to have done yeah it. and yeah. like it's it's just amazing to be able to, co- to connect with other people and be able to just connect on a deeper level with people and that i don't even care if we ever make a dime on it i'll still do it <laughs> it's so fun yeah um okay i could interview you for 95 more hours <laughs> but we'll end in workwives fashion of wherever my phone is um would doing you rather a would you rather <gasps> which is a bit uh, um, we've been getting so excited to just start episodes lately that we're forgetting the would you rather is but i, I like ending on it because <laughs> we're really ending on a high yeah. note we we thought of this one specifically for you henry <sighs> i'm so excited <laughs> okay <laughs> would you rather shoot a 500 person celebrity wedding with a camera you've never used before <laughs> or that's a no i don't even know what the or other both is. of these are rough options oh, that's why it's no. gonna be good <laughs> or have to be a sports broadcaster on live television for the super bowl <laughs> Um, <laughs> watch he's like secretly oh a huge this, football fan okay wait I know, hold seriously. on okay I am too gay for sports <laughs> we I'm, chose these specifically for you because we were like what if we did a commencement speech at like Harvard and we're like he would be too like, good no, at that no he'd be really oh, good no. at that <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then we were like what if we, we almost thought of or you would have to film a birth and then we're like no he'd be good at that too yeah. oh. <laughs> I can talk to the mom even though like, yeah. <laughs> trust like, me I will not look down there <laughs> oh, unless you want Don't me worry. to yeah. <laughs> um, I think well hold on I think that I, yes less to just just stress out the fact that I'm too gay for sports <laughs> so I think I think I might have to go with the 500 people celebrity wedding with the camera, with the camera I have used. never used <laughs> because and you less... can't practice on it you can't practice on it before oh my god <laughs> um oh god um <laughs> i can't practice on it either i think no. i would do the celebrity wedding i too. think yeah. so because if there's you know if it's a 500 people celebrity wedding mm-hmm. they probably have a long timeline that there'll be true. time that i'm just gonna, guys excuse me i'm just gonna go poop but then <laughs> i'm gonna like secretly like try to play on the bike like watching the youtube bathroom. videos <laughs> like, you like, like a headpiece in of like a full manual <laughs> entire camera in. yeah i feel like i mean learning a new camera is once you've you just got to figure out the triangle and then you're good the, yeah like, the skills triangle. are transferable yeah. it's just figuring out a new menu system yeah but then sure. also like the scary thing would be the celebrities right it's true like, that's what makes that extra scary is it's so outside God. of your norm and not just that but i feel like they they every photo that you take probably need to look good yeah, yeah. even if it's like a take a candid of me yeah. i think the candid probably is not really that candid Mm-mm-mm. which oh, i don't God, know no. how to do a fake candid yeah <laughs> or right? like like make the candid but make sure my lips are big yeah. and i'm like i have never learned how to liquefy anything in my life yes like i'm not good at photoshop <laughs> no. who would you fangirl the most over for shooting their wedding like what celebrity would you be like you know oh. what i'll bite the bullet sounds awesome to me oh i'm gonna be so basic to you of course taylor Swift. <laughs> okay that's what joe called it I, I yeah i i did you guys know that my very first concert was taylor swift when? Really? Uh, what year? In Fearless Tour. 
Uh-huh. It was my senior year in high school. Oh my gosh! And love story was sort of what yeah. put her. I, I know the real Taylor Swift fan would say that is the Tim McGraw uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. song. Yeah, but I think love story was actually like the one that everybody started like knowing her name, right? Uh-huh. And so that year it was love story and you belong with me. Yeah, it was like on repeat everywhere. And I had never been to a concert in my life. Yeah. And I was driving to take my uh, IB exam mm-hmm. when they announced on the radio, be the caller, blah, blah, blah. And you could win ticket to go see Taylor Swift. And I that was the first time I've ever won anything in my life. Uh-huh. I didn't know these callers thing like are real. I thought they're scam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won tickets to go see Taylor Swift on my birthday. Oh, my gosh. It, it was That's my amazing. 18th birthday wow. in Idaho. Wow. And I was like fifth row down. Oh like my gosh. I was that close. Wow. I, that, and that was the first concert I have ever been to. Yeah. That was actually my first concert too. I was yeah. Taylor Swift. We were both at the same one. Yeah. Oh, we were like 16. Do you remember when she was singing that song? Oh my gosh. Love yeah. Story? I, and I, I was they, crying they the whole time. They pull her, her other outfit out and she wore a wide dress <laughs> yeah. because the part was like, like marry me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I it her shows I mean even back then were incredible I remember being like this is uh, you can't even call this a concert yeah. like it was like crazy whole, whole, it's a whole, whole like production production yeah. like yeah. It, yeah. I I like that a lot because I, I I get so used to that kind of concert but mm-hmm. so whenever I go to a different concert that the <laughs> artists don't talk to me yeah and they just sing I'm like no like, like where's your third outfit interact <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I need you interact change the outfit dance yeah. in the rain like tell me why you wrote this song the pyro story like yeah. i need to yeah. know the story yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah could so you true. imagine t- photographing taylor swift wedding with a gear that you've never photographed before oh i feel like she would actually be chill though yeah I think you know so what i mean I think when she, she marries travis kelsey oh oh, oh, oh <laughs> i don't know oh are we calling it and then now? We'll be a you heard it first <laughs> on unscripted worldwide <laughs> yeah. called it first uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe you'd be a sports broadcaster after that for travis kelsey <laughs> oh we were saying though if you did choose the sports broadcaster one you could probably fake it by just copying the other sports broadcast like just repeating what they're saying in a different way yeah yeah you know what i mean so if they're like oh that was a tackle by blah 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 you're just like yeah what a crazy tackle oh yeah oh i can see that copy everything look at that uh, look at that muscular quarterback (laughs) now that's a sack if i've ever seen one that is a nice sack not talking about the sack and i'm not talking about the tackle Like, like, uh, like, wow. the, the red team <laughs> I red just team hope. interception I ah, forgot the team's name I just hope everyone's having fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could do it as like a comedy bit oh I'm sure <laughs> yeah that would be good that would be a good they comedy have the bit voice too mm-hmm. you, yeah I think you have to have the voice yeah I just think true. I have the voice <laughs> that's so thing. good I would love I think it. I could uh I don't watch like Housewives yeah. mm-hmm. or anything, but I think maybe like one of those like narrating there or like Ooh. the reunion of like the Housewives. Maybe I can do that. That's a good easier. one. Yes. That would be really good. Yeah. 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 It's really good. But sports? <laughs> can I choose the sport? What you sport can. would you do? Oh, God. <laughs> Water polo. Gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> do Ice i skating. even know any sport or the terms that's within any of yeah. them like the, the one year i decided to watch the uh uh 
football. Uh-huh. I even struggle to say football. They throw out the uh, pigskin. Huh? The one year I decided to watch football was the year after the Seahawks won the mm-hmm. year before. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, they're, they're in the final again. Like, maybe I should watch them this year and like cheers and be ready yeah. for everything. <laughs> My in-law bought me one of those like, Seahawks jersey Jer- yeah. so I could wear and I was like what the hell is this <laughs> and then I'm sitting there like go Seahawks <laughs> and they and they lost oh. and I was like damn it okay, that was it. me that's how I feel when I watch sports too yeah. I never watch sports I remember in high school like being at an LP football game and I thought something happened and I thought it was good and it wasn't <laughs> and ever- we were in the student section and I just stand up and I'm like yeah <laughs> and was just like, oh no! What? Like no one was cheering us. I don't know. I thought something good happened. <laughs> that was gonna be so me. I yeah. have cheered at inappropriate yeah. times before. You're just like, I'm kidding. Obviously, either team running with the ball. You're just like, you're doing your best. Good job. Good job. Everybody so deserves a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have fun. Love to hear it. Well, That's good. We'll button you up in your lucky shirt, and maybe Taylor Swift will hire you for her future wedding. Yeah, we're putting it out there. We're putting it out there. there. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod, and uh, we love you, even though you will never say that back to us. Um, (laughs) Hey, I was at back right now. We are that close. Oh my god, guys, you won't. won't. I love you guys. Ah! <laughs> telling Henry you love him since we met him and he yeah. never <laughs> said it back until right now. So. Your first. We'll leave it at that. That's new year, new me for you. I'm yeah. trying to use my words. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, okay. Thank you, Henry. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you. Woo! Woo! Good job. We did it. <laughs>